0: Welcome to A Great Big City News, episode 43. Today, Occupy Wall Street marches and seized bagels. Visit agreatbigcity.com slash support to learn how to support New York City local news and allow us to keep bringing you this podcast. If you're a New York-based business and would be interested in sponsoring our podcast, visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. On previous episodes, we've covered the threat of measles and the West Nile virus, but this week another mosquito-borne virus took the spotlight as Eastern Equine Encephalitis, or triple E, was found in mosquitoes in the surrounding area. The CDC describes the disease as rare with only a few cases per year, but one out of three people infected have died from the disease due to its flu-like symptoms. Human infection is rare, and even an infection of triple E will rarely develop into the disease. With reports of infected mosquitoes around the city, in Suffolk County and Rockland County and in New Jersey, there's a good chance city mosquitoes will also be carrying the disease, but the overall risk is very low, with only a few infections each year in the United States. Even though the weather is getting colder and will eventually end the mosquito season, take steps to protect yourself if you'll be in an area with mosquitoes. Wear clothing that covers your skin, use a mosquito repellent containing the chemical repellents DEET or picaridin, or use a natural repellent containing oil of lemon eucalyptus. You can even do your part by calling 311 to report standing water, defined as a place on public or private property where water gathers and remains for more than five days, creating a habitat where mosquitoes may breed. Seven years ago, the aroma of colorful bagels was wafting through the cool October air as the bagel store in Williamsburg brought back their candy corn bagels. Our story on a great big city featuring those colorful bagels went on to become one of the most popular posts in the site's history. Long before the Brooklyn Bagel Store would become famous for its rainbow bagel, the shop was always experimenting with new color and flavor combinations. The shop premiered the orange and white swirled candy corn bagel the year before, and in 2012 it was back again, this time paired with marshmallow chocolate chip cream cheese and alongside the equally festive pumpkin pie bagel with pumpkin cream cheese. Unfortunately, checking back in with this story years later to see what 2019's fall flavors would be, it looks like the shop has fallen on some hard times and photos posted to the Yelp page show New York State tax seizure notices posted on the closed-down store's roll-down gates. It's the same kind of tax seizure notices that recently shut down DeFara Pizza and dozens of ice cream trucks in the city. The store's is shut down, hasn't shut down the imagination of bagel maker Scott Rocio, who is still posting photos of new creations to his Facebook page, like rainbow-filled chocolate chip cookies, a waffle bagel, and modified bagel recipe suitable for a keto diet. It's hard to tell when the store might reopen, but visit TheBagelStoreOnline.com to find out more information. This week marks the two-year anniversary of a crime that we covered earlier this month on episode 41 of the podcast. Two years ago, Abel Cedeno, then 18 years old, stabbed two other students at Urban Assembly School for Wildlife Conservation in the Bronx, killing one and injuring another. We recently discussed the case because the sentencing of Cedeno came just before the two-year anniversary. Cedeno received a 14-year prison sentence for manslaughter, eight years for assault, and 90 days for criminal possession of a weapon, all of which will be served simultaneously. The attack, in which Sedeno drew a knife that he had purchased online and stabbed two students after a classroom incident, became the first killing inside a New York City school in over 20 years. To hear the full story and details of the incident, go back to episode 41, published earlier this month in September. Five years ago, on September 30th, 2014, three parachutists, make an early morning jump from the top of One World Trade Center, landing nearby in front of the Goldman Sachs building. The breathtaking video of the stunt shocked viewers as to how the jumpers accessed the city's tallest building while it was still under construction and were able to glide down to the street on parachutes. The answer would come five months later when four men were arrested for the parachute jump. One of the men arrested was revealed to have been a construction worker at the site, and they gained access to the site via a hole in a fence. The parachute jump and another trespassing incident where a teenager dressed like a construction worker led to criticism of the building's security practices and the resignation of the site's head of security. The teenager, who also accessed the site via a hole in a fence, convinced an elevator operator to let him ride to the top of the tower where he took photos of the city from its new highest point. The four men arrested in the parachuting incident were fined $2,000 each and sentenced to community service, but did not receive jail time for the stunt. Well, we've been tricked before namely back on episode 37 in early August, but the Department of Transportation will again try to turn 14th Street into a restricted busway beginning on October 3rd. 14th Street was originally scheduled to convert to a traffic-restricted busway on July 1st to quickly move buses across the city during the L-Train shutdown, but then the L-Train plans were modified to keep the subway open and community groups took legal action against the Department of Transportation's plan. A judge agreed to stop the busway from going into effect until the Department of Transportation provided more information, which they did, and it appeared that the buses would be allowed to roam free until another last-minute legal ruling kept cars on 14th Street. The busway was scheduled to begin on August 12th when traffic would be restricted and buses given priority to increase transit speeds but Downtown Community Group submitted a petition and renewed their complaints on August 9th, claiming the Department of Transportation hadn't done sufficient studies into the impact that removing traffic from 14th Street would have on the surrounding area. This week, an appeals court ruled against the complaints and cleared the way for the busway to take effect, three months later than originally planned. Beginning on Thursday, October 3rd, only buses will be allowed on 14th Street between 3rd and 9th Avenue, from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., with all other vehicles only able to enter the street for one block to make a local trip. Those vehicles will be required to exit immediately at the next intersection to keep the street clear for M14A and D buses, one of the most heavily used bus lines in the city. Left turns will be banned to keep traffic from backing up in front of the buses, and automated traffic cameras will be used to monitor vehicles. The DOT estimates that the changes will increase the speeds of the buses by 30 percent and the plan is expected to run for 18 months. Eight years ago on October 1, 2011, 700 Occupy Wall Street protesters are arrested after trying to cross the Brooklyn Bridge by walking on the roadway. It was the largest number of arrests during an Occupy protest and was one of the largest mass arrests since the 2004 Republican National Convention protests. There was controversy over the tactics used by police, who did not actively prevent the marchers from walking to the bridge roadway, and then conducted a mass arrest only a few hundred feet up the Manhattan side of the bridge, while others on the narrow pedestrian walkway watched from above. The Occupy Camp in Zuccotti Park would be cleared a month and a half later, but the group would continue various protest demonstrations throughout the next year. Just a week before the Brooklyn Bridge arrests, the Occupy movement had held a protest near Union Square, where the large number of protesters brought attention to the group and the NYPD's use of mesh nets to corral protesters into makeshift pens. Just south of Union Square, eyewitness video caught a group of young women being sprayed with pepper spray while on the sidewalk, which brought worldwide press attention and criticism of the NYPD's handling of the growing protest group. 98 years ago on October 5th, 1921, A game between the New York Giants and the New York Yankees at the Polo Grounds in Manhattan would become the first World Series broadcast live on radio. The Yankees won the first game, played in front of a crowd of 30,203 attendees, but the Giants would win the overall series five games to three. With two New York teams facing off, it was also the first World Series with all games played at one location similar to the subway series that is played today between the Yankees and the Mets. Looking back at some of a great big city's history, they may seem commonplace now, but eight years ago, we were excited to spot the new Ford Transit Connect taxi in Lower Manhattan. Although a Nissan model had won the competition for the Taxi of Tomorrow contest, the rules went on to be changed slightly and added both the Ford Transit Connect and the Nissan into the taxi fleet. The two boxy vehicles went on to replace the more than 13,000 models of taxis that were on the road at the time. Also eight years ago, New York Apple stores were mourning the loss of Steve Jobs, who died of pancreatic cancer on October fifth, 2011. At TechServe in Chelsea, we saw a memorial placed in the front window of the store. At Apple stores in the Meatpacking District, Soho, and on 5th Avenue, makeshift memorials formed with flowers and apples placed in front of each store. People used post-it notes to write their own memorial messages, forming colorful displays on the windows of the stores. The walls of post-its would continue to grow, and by the next week, street artist and muralist the me Nobody Knows would place a custom piece of memorial art at the Soho Apple Store. Two years ago, the Joint Terrorism Task Force charged two 19-year-old suspects, one Canadian citizen and one from the United States, and one 37-year-old from the Philippines in a terror plot that had advanced to the point of purchasing explosives all three were charged with terrorism with the 37 year old communicating online with the two younger suspects and actively providing funding for an attack against new york city the group acquired bomb making materials and a cabin outside the city and planned to bomb Times square the subway and conduct random shootings within the city the canadian citizen received a 40-year prison sentence but Pakistan has refused to extradite the American citizen accused in the plot who had been living in Pakistan at the time. The older suspect was arrested in the Philippines and the United States has been attempting to secure his extradition since 2017. And in some lighter news, one year ago the Central Park Squirrel Census set out to count the number of squirrels roaming around Manhattan's center. 323 volunteers divided up the park and recorded their squirrel sightings, with the data becoming part of a printed art project with maps and photos from the survey. The final statistical analysis revealed that about 2,373 squirrels live in Central Park, based on the project's observations. It seems a bit low, but it's interesting nonetheless. While nearly 82% of the squirrels were the gray variety, Count yourself lucky if you see a squirrel with black or cinnamon-colored fur. They were much more rare in Central Park, with black fur being the least common. A great big city has been running a 24-hour news feed since 2010, but the AGBC News Podcast is just getting started and we need your support. A Great Big City is built on a dedication to explaining what's happening and how it fits into the larger history of New York, which means thoroughly researching every topic and avoiding clickbait headlines to provide a straightforward, honest, and factual explanation of the news. Individuals can make a monthly or one-time contribution at greatbigcitycom support. And local businesses can have a lasting impact by supporting local news, while promoting products or services directly to interested customers listening to the podcast. Visit agreatbigcity.com slash advertising to learn more. A Great Big City is more than just a news website. It automatically checks MTA data before morning rush hour and sends out notifications if there are delays on any subway lines, Long Island Railroad or Metro North trains, and bridges and tunnels. Follow A Great Big City on social media to receive the alerts. Park of the Day, Clearview's tail, at Clearview Expressway and Whitehall Terrace in Queens. A very small sliver of a park, this land lies at the tail of the Clearview Expressway at Hillside Avenue and was founded 54 years ago. There's not much parks infrastructure there, but it does add a nice bit of green to the neighborhood. In parks events, Coming up on October the 5th is Bronx Fit Fest. There will be a variety of athletic events to try. Yoga, roller disco, spin classes, chair aerobics, Zumba, and more. The event takes place in St. James Park at Jerome Avenue and West 192nd in the Bronx. Admission to the event is free, but you can reserve a spot in one of the classes to ensure you'll have a place. Visit the link to the park's website in the show notes to reserve your spot. That's Saturday, October the 5th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in St. James Park. And now let's see how our robot friend will be keeping fit this week on the concert calendar.
1: Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Evokin', Hell, and Moore are playing St. Vitus Bar on Monday, September 30th. Built to Spill are playing Webster Hall on Monday September 30th and Tuesday October 1st. Aldous Harding and Tiny Ruins are playing Music Hall of Williamsburg on Monday September 30th. The number 12 Looks Like You, Godmother, and Pound are playing the Kingsland on Tuesday October 1st. Ty Siegel and Lamps are playing the Warsaw on Tuesday October 1st. Head Above Water, Avril Lavigne and Jaguar Twin are playing the Rooftop at Pier 17 on Tuesday, October 1. Madonna is playing the Bam Howard Gilman Opera House on Tuesday, October 1. Tedeschi Trucks Band is playing Beacon Theatre on the Upper West Side on Tuesday, October 1 at 7 p.m. Maggie Rogers with Empress of is playing Radio City Music Hall on Tuesday, October 1 at 8 p.m. Ginger and the Browning are playing Gramercy Theatre on Wednesday, October 2. Carrie Underwood, Maddie, and Tay, and Runaway June are playing Madison Square Garden on Wednesday October 2nd. Lady Tron is playing Brooklyn Steel on Wednesday October 2nd. Sandy and Junior are playing the Barclays Center on Wednesday October 2nd at 8pm. Ian Noe and Jeremy Ivy are playing Rockwood Music Hall on Thursday October 3rd. Deont Ward is playing the Rooftop at Pier 17 on Thursday October 3rd. Whitney and Hand Habits are playing Brooklyn Steel on Thursday, October 3rd. Incubus and Wild Bell are playing Radio City Music Hall on Thursday, October 3rd at 8pm. The Paper Kites are playing Murmur Theatre on Saturday, October 5th. Pink Turns Blue is playing the Brooklyn Bazaar on Saturday, October 5th. The Tallest Man on Earth is playing Radio City Music Hall on Saturday, October 5th. And Phil Collins is playing Madison Square Garden in Midtown West. Chelsea, Hudson Yards on Sunday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at com slash events.
0: Here's something you may not have known about New York. The Hudson River is actually the longest river in New York State at 315 miles long. Extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history, a record high in 1941 of 94 degrees on October the 5th, and a record low of 35 degrees on October the 5th, 1881. Weather for the week ahead, light rain on Wednesday through Friday, with high temperatures peaking at 87 degrees on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A City, or email contact at agreatbigcity.com with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Player FM, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode our intro and outro music is start the day by lee Rosphere, and the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com thanks for being part of a great big city